0: We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you could join us for this special Wednesday episode. We are welcoming Enneagram for Gentry Quarter today. She is such a special friend. I loved getting to know her and even just getting to know her a lot better today on this podcast that we're with you on. So get ready for this. This is not just a mini episode. This is actually a full episode you get today. And really lovely to get to pull back four all week with you guys. We had Andy Kolber and she talked about four in marriage. Today we're talking about four in relationships and we are really having Gentry share with us also some great spaces for restfulness. And I'm so glad because I think fours have a lot to teach us about presence. Not that they can't get in their field of oneness also of getting really busy and doing an action, but I think that fours when they're in a healthy space can really help us to get healthy and regulate us with slowing down and stopping to smell the roses. And Gentry really gives us not only that, but tips of sleep for every single type today too. So she takes this full circle all the way through four and then down to restfulness together gentry is a writer that you'll find on instagram and and i'm gonna let her do most of the talking here but just remember we have our two special four episodes like i said this week for you and i'm so grateful that she could join us for this one as she teaches us what it really looks like on the inside of four Hi Gentry, I'm so happy to have you on the ENM pod. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. This is so amazing. Thank you for reaching out. Oh, absolutely. you talking four this week. So I'm so grateful we get to spread out our four between conversations with you and Andi. And I am so grateful that you are giving us more than just fourness today. We're also talking about sleep, right? Yes. I'm very passionate about sleep. Oh. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Well, we know fours can keep us slowed down in a healthy way. So before I'm like dying to ask you the questions now, but before I get to those, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you heard about Enneagram and all that. Oh, absolutely. Um, So
1: I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for seven years and I work in the intensive care unit. I'm the adrenaline junkie, which may be kind of odd for a four, Um, but I'm hardcore three wing. So I love that adrenaline. Um, I grew up in West Texas, primarily Midland, Odessa. I kind of went all over for college, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do, um, but ended back up in West Texas in Lubbock, graduated from Texas Tech with my nutrition science degree, and then to follow that, I went to nursing school, got my bachelor's of science in nursing from Texas Tech, um, and I would definitely classify myself as a creative nerd i love all things creative and all things nerdy like i love star wars and doctor who and i love musical theater and writing and like you i love the classics um this is only part of my my book collection. So.
0: <laughs> guys, she has like such a big one and if I put this up on YouTube you guys will see this too. That is our challenge for me as a thinking type is get this puppy out on YouTube. It's been <laughs> my long challenge here but I see your books I'm so jealous. What are what are a couple of your favorites over there? You know, I'll be
1: honest, Harry Potter's truly one of my oh, favorite oh series. My um but As for classics, definitely The Secret Garden and Little Women are my two favorites. I will go back and read
0: those all the time. I love Francis Frances Hodge Burnett. Oh, that's a beautiful book. Very four. Yeah. Yes. Very four.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But how I learned about the Enneagram, I have loved like personality typing um, since I was in high school. I'm I'm 33 now. So um, I've just loved personality and I've kind of just walked through learning about myself and my friends um, started out with the Myers-Briggs and found out that I was introverted. And I thought I'm too allowed to be an introvert. And then I realized, no, actually that makes perfect sense. I derive my energy. Um, you know, I recharge my batteries by being alone or by being with, you know, significant other. Um, and then when I moved here to the Dallas Fort worth area, about four years ago, I went to dinner with a friend who knows, knows me well she said, I know you love personality. Look at the Enneagram. And I thought, okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. So I took a few tests, did a little research, found out I was a four, got really mad and said, no, I'm not a four. I am not that self-absorbed. But then as I read about each of the numbers, I just realized that that childhood message from the four is exactly what I heard growing up, you know, even from my amazing, wonderful family who didn't, intend to tell me that I was too much and not enough yeah. you know but that's how I took things and that's how I internalized them. So mm-hmm. I definitely um, identify with being a four wing three definitely a one-to one um self- present next and then social.
0: Okay wow okay so the one to one and then the self- present and then social yes which really helps us to understand why you were perplexed with wondering if you were a four, because you're like, I do find a lot of strength from others, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very heart type. But then you're like, I need my introvert time. Oh, (laughs) in fact, I had a
1: conversation with one of our surgeons that I absolutely adore. He was in a chatty mood. He's like, Hey, how's our patient? It was at the end of my shift. I said, my introvert screaming, I'm leaving. (laughs) goodbye. Like it wasn't even nice. I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just had one of those days where I met that extrovert energy by like noon and I was running on MD at noon and I didn't get off till seven. So I was like, I'm leaving.
0: Oh, I know many fours listening are feeling you girl, they have your back and they're, and also introverts. Uh, we're all just like, yes, we get it. And, and that's what yeah, a yeah. lot of people maybe just have found so helpful about the Enneagram is hearing people like you say, it isn't intentional. It's just, you had spent it all and you were ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me like, well then, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't expect to hear that, but thank you for that brutal honesty, which we can expect from our fours. Yes yes definitely <laughs> oh i love that and i want to hear a little bit more before we get into uh comments about fours and sleep um i want to hear even just a bit about your career as a nurse that's such a good field for a heart type but tell us more about your your passions there
1: yeah you know being an icu nurse as a four is actually very hard um mm-hmm. so if there are any icu nurses out there who are a four um i feel you because it's I find that ICU is a lot of eights and eights and fours sometimes can butt heads if they don't understand each other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, any, any type can, but definitely fours and eights, um, you know, I'm a little bit more quiet, a little bit more soft-spoken and they're bold and loud and, you know, kind of what appears to be aggressive. So at times I kind of feel like I don't fit in. I feel a little misunderstood. Um, I'm even criticized for being too sensitive. And I used to think, you know, maybe I should change that. Maybe, you know, maybe I am too sensitive. And then I realized, no, I'm not going to change who I am. We did that back in high school. Like we're done with that. I'm going to embrace my sensitivity and the fact that I do wear my heart on my sleeve. And that does not make me a bad nurse. Mm -hmm. That makes me me a good nurse. You know, we all have our own talents as nurses, things that we're really good at, things that we need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think really understanding my Enneagram type has showed me when I get into my disintegration pattern that people pleasing, how can I help? Almost like golden retriever. How can I help? How can I help? I love you. I love you. Please love me. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it kind of redirects me when I notice that about myself, I redirect and think, okay, I need to get into a growth pattern. What do I need to do for that? And I've learned how to calm my nervous system. I've learned how to, um, just kind of embrace more of who I am in order to calm that that anxiety within me so that I can continue to be a good nurse throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then learning about my other, my coworkers, like now I understand the AIDS. Now I'm not as intimidated. Now I realize they're just passionate and I can take that. I'm strong enough to take that. We're good. Yeah. So
0: just learning about each other is hard and, but amazing. Mm. I'm glad you reminded us that it's there are so many beautiful things about each person, but that we have to find ways to communicate who we are within that space. And I'm always concerned when I see somebody with one of the uh, stances, that's a bit more aggressive when they can't do that. So it makes me so happy because I know you're going to make it the long haul for the fact that you have decided to find your voice and find a way to communicate. That's beautiful. And I know it's always an ongoing journey. Oh, it is. And I've
1: actually found that my coworkers are a little bit interested in it. Not all of them, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll come up and say, hey, so what do you think my number is? I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. let's go find out, you know, and when they learn about themselves and when they learn a little bit about me, I feel like they're able to communicate with me differently and realize, OK, she is sensitive. That doesn't mean she's uh, less of a nurse. That doesn't mean she's um, too sensitive. You know, it just means that that's who she is.
0: And I'm glad you named that because I do think there could be the perception of weakness and it's not that at all. In fact, there's a lot of love in the humility. um, And we want our force to feel like they matter and that they're equal to everybody. But there is something beautiful about being humble and saying, I'm A bit mystical in the sense that I'm trusting it to God versus I have to run in and do it all. So as much as I love that eight uh, side of life, I think it's also beautiful that you have this side that you you show them and and like you said, you're learning from them too. So beautiful. But as we transition to talking about fours a little, then tell us what it's like to not be in the aggressive stance or the compliant, but to be in the withdrawing. Can you say how that feels to you as a four? You already said a bit about introversion,
1: right? I find you know, that I withdraw when I'm a little overstimulated when my nervous system is overstimulated at work. Okay. In fact, people will even come up like, Hey, what's wrong? Like you're really, really quiet. And and I think sometimes I might even come off as rude and I, I do not, that's not my heart, mm-hmm. but that is drawing, trying to calm my nervous system down. In fact, I will go find a quiet place. Like I'll ask one of my coworkers, Hey, watch my two patients. I need a minute. Mm-hmm. And I will go find a dark, quiet room. And I would either, you know, ask the Lord to just meet me where I'm at mm-hmm. or listen to white noise, listen to music and just take five, 10 minutes, calm my nervous system down. And that pulls me out of the withdrawal state and back into the present. Wow. Um, so I find that I withdraw in those situations. Mm-hmm. I'm actually somewhat of a future oriented for, wow. I get very past oriented whenever I'm, I'm hurting when my feelings have been really hurt, my heart really hurts. um, I will withdraw into that emotion and just kind of ruminate in that as I'm trying to work through it. Um, And I find that if I write, if I journal, if I uh, write a letter to that person that hurt me and not actually give it to them, but just keep it for me, Mm -hmm. um, that reorients me to the present Um, and even to the future. I lean into that three wing and just think futuristically, idealistically, I probably have really high expectations of myself and others, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I think that's how I withdraw and kind of deal with it.
0: And I love how you added to the, uh, idea of a full polarity or a full dialectic by saying there's actually a bit of both. And, and this Mm -hmm. is maybe my mainframe, but that I do have pieces of the others, um, which you've already revealed today, that there are moments when you want to be agreeable and compliant. There are moments when you are extroverted and out there in your three. And so, um, love hearing though. There's a recipe for it. When our, Four space gets overwhelmed is some white noise, some time with God just releasing and uh coming back with strength. So that there is uh a way to walk through emotions in a healthy way and not get stuck, which is I think probably the worry for a lot of fours, right? Yes, absolutely. Especially in a high stress
1: environment. Mm-hmm. I think. I think a four can get very overwhelmed really fast. And I, I think for a long time, my assumption was. Well, then I need to go home and have my quiet time, but it doesn't take that long to have a quick quiet time that can actually reset your nervous system that can stimulate that vagus nerve to help you calm down. It takes maybe three to five minutes and you can take that on your shift most of the time. Now, if you have a crashing and burning patient, it's a different story, but if you're able to take that, like take that three to five minutes, ask the Holy spirit to meet you where you are, Mm. make the work and quiet, suppress that central nervous system. The goal is to just kind of get into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. Um, I want to get into that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and that can be challenging. And it's something I'm still really learning. I'm learning. This is kind of a a new thing for me, even as a nurse, um, to figure this out, to figure out the nervous system. I'm still very rudimentary in my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I I grow in my understanding, the more I realize, wow, this is amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. I really love it.
0: Me too. And I feel like we're all in that same space. I feel like everybody is still learning together and that's comforting. Even there are people who disagree at the top levels of the theorizing. So we're all learning together how much the body is part of it and keeping the score. So I love that you're just reminding us if we have that four to know, Uh, Even if we're in that withdrawing or as you said, the past reflective state that some time away, some time with God helps because you said that's also how you replenish when you're feeling hurts and wounds. Um, uh, But tell us more about that when you go to the past for hurts and wounds. What does that look like? Usually I just replay in my head what really hurt me and I
1: I tear myself down in that process like, Mm -hmm. oh, I deserved it because Um, or you know, they said this because I'm unworthy mm-hmm. of white. Um, and I just tear myself. It's not, not a good thought pattern. I think sometimes you can be past focused and it can be a positive thing, but for me, it's very much a negative. Um, I will replay a scenario in my head over and over and over, and I'll just let the enemy beat me up. Like well, you deserved it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't like being in that past space. Um, mm-hmm. I know for some fours, they live kind of in the past, like they, you know, ruminate on their childhood memories, like the, the, all the different things in their life. I don't, I don't really find that I do that very much. It's mostly past hurts. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have to journal it out. I have to write it out mm-hmm. so that it gets on a piece of paper out of my heart,
0: out of my mind mm-hmm. so that I'm with it. Okay. Thank you for being so vulnerable. That's what I love about this episode and all the episodes where people can do that. Plus I get it on the days when we just can't and we're all in our head. Um, (laughs) But I thank you for being vulnerable in this rich way um, because you're helping us to know that sometimes you said there's this easy kind of natural way to get out because you've got a, a patient who desperately needs you. But when you actually are stuck in that past place, you have other things you have to do. Um, Mm -hmm. and this might happen when you're not at work, when you're at home and you're stuck there that you're like, I have to journal it out because I think you're very, uh, right. Not every four experiences this, but a lot of fours have told us that they do get into this negative rumination state. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and we don't know that we don't see it on the outside by the way, but you guys have thankfully told us it's there. And when you're withdrawing or going past focus, um, maybe you can tell us what friends or family might do in those moments to help you guys, or even just to be there, be present without saying anything. What feels best to you in moments like that?
1: Let's see. You know, I really love intentionality. Mm. Uh, like that is that's my draw. Uh, I am single, and my, my prayer is that the Lord will provide me with a spouse who is intentional. Like mm. he doesn't have to be as deeply emotional as I am. Like I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. But to recognize the emotion and say, "Hey," I'm recognizing this. What can I do? Do you want, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help? Um, And just really being intentional with where's your heart, you know, is your heart hurting? I just want to know about your heart. Um, So just sitting with me in that moment, whether we talk about what's going on and I am a verbal processor. So sometimes that's, that's helpful to just verbally get things out there. Um, But that presence and that intentionality. And when you're sitting with me, the, like one of my pet peeves is when someone just whips out their phone, like text, uh-huh. Yep. You know, I'm listening when they're not. So being intentional with that time. I'm very much a, my love language is, um, is time.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, and we've heard that a lot on our podcast. So it's so fun to get to put it into space here with you because yeah. you're really saying like putting some flesh on this, if you're intentional and you ask about my heart space and you spend time with me, that's mm-hmm. going to be huge for your future spouse, for your friends, um, for your family. Cause a lot of us have four friends or family. Also, mm-hmm. you said something important about the single space that Uh, is something I learned through Trudy's thousands and thousands of pieces of research they did on each type. And they found that fours were about as happy in a relationship as out of a relationship along with fives. Doesn't mean each one, because we know so many fours and fives who are like, oh, I'm way happier one way or the other. But I thought that was worth repeating here because um, I think that you're aware more than some types that your whole identity isn't found on a spouse. Right.
1: And you know, at at 33, being... Um being single, it, it's hard. I won't lie. Like right now, I would love to come home to a spouse. Um, I definitely my heart's desire is marriage. I'm like really pressing into that with the Lord. I'm like, yeah. I'm wa- waiting, <laughs> ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do know that a spouse doesn't fix your problems. A spouse does not, you know, they're supposed to make life easier, but that's not always the case. Marriage is hard and they cannot be your everything. And I think as a romantic individualist, you know, we have a tendency as fours to think of our spouse as that that savior or that knight in shining armor. Mm. When in reality, it is a partnership, and they cannot be your everything. Mm. Uh, so, you, I, I do have that mindset of I have to learn about me. I have to to really dig in, fix my problems with the Lord, and then add that, that spouse. in it. I won't have it all figured out when I meet him, when I marry him, but I do want to have that understanding that as much as I want to be married, I realize that I can't fix everything in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard that. And I love that. And I, I think a lot of force can do that with you. And that's really hard though. Like you said, you don't want to trivialize that. Like we can do that. We, we can go there, but it takes intentionality even on your part to go there, because here you are in this wrestling space where you are, as many listeners who are for us know you are an idealist. So you're like, ideally (laughs) I want this one look. And so, so we get that, that that's a prayer and a hope. And uh, we know God has the story, but I hear you that that's, it feels like a call and you're waiting for that. Um, now when you're in the waiting and you're in this space of past and, uh, you know, withdrawing, do you feel that like we hear often in Enneagram circles that doing helps you too? you've talked a little bit about that with the journaling, but is there any other form of doing that helps you to, uh, really come out of these spaces when you need to balance
1: running? I love to run, um, love doing half marathons when I can. Um, I think that that helps me process. Mm -hmm. Um, so it actually, it initially pulls me into a withdrawn space even more, but not in a bad way. It gets my mind going through things and digesting them. It's almost like my mind is in overdrive and then it digests everything that's going on. I I absorb what's going on. And then when I'm done with my run, it's like, oh, I can be more present in this space now. So working out for me is, is a big one.
0: Oh, I love that. And I really think that's neat to hear that. Not a lot of fours on this podcast have stated that I do have a dear friend who is a half marathon four friend, but, uh, but I think that you guys also, uh, you're revealing to us that sharing just internally is how the running starts. It's not always with another person that you're running. Right. Exactly. It's in fact,
1: I, will, I don't love to run with other people. I want to run by myself. I want my AirPods in and I want to go through all the things and I will let myself go through the negative emotions because running is a way to get that out. You know, running releases endorphins and dopamine, Mm -hmm. you know, but I want to get all those negative emotions out so that I'm more of a peaceful person when I'm done with the run. Um, -hmm. and my family's even noticed that they're like, do you need to go for a run? Wow. (laughs)
0: you know what? Yes, I do. (laughs) That's awesome. And I bet some fours listening are also thinking walking. And um, I could see that for different seasons of life, there are so many different paces a four could take. And where you're at, you're like, I'm a one-to-one four. I have a lot of passion running fits. Yeah, it
1: does. Because a lot of my uh, melancholy, Mm -hmm. I do have that melancholy, but it actually manifests sometimes as anger Mm -hmm. and that that's why I choose to run that pounding of the feet on the, the asphalt on the treadmill, whatever it is really helps get that aggression out. In fact, I will even, um, go to smash rooms or I will go throw axes with friends. Um, that helps out a lot.
0: (laughs) That's so cool because I read the statistics at large often on anger and it's like, i love how you're filling it in Mm because we're not just cookie cutters and the statistics are just averages so thank you for sharing with fours like actually this does help us especially that sexual four um, which we know can be counter for in a lot of ways so Mm -hmm. that is fascinating oh my gosh i have so many bunny trails i want to go on with you i am going to force my seven that is squirreling away to come back Um, because you talked a lot about calming our nervous systems and I want our audience to be able to receive from you in this beautiful way that you have that's so unique for you as uh, a nurse in the intensive care space and also just in your health and fitness knowledge in your foreness ability to slow down so help us to know a little bit about um, sleep and why you have an interest here.
1: I have an interest here because I have struggled with sleep my entire life. Like ever since I was a kid, okay. um, I think I have a lot of anxiety, but I had one incident when I was six, seven or eight, just kind of in that age range where I was at a friend's house and I experienced severe anxiety, like heart pounding, yeah. couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was some spiritual stuff going on that I didn't know about that my parents later in life shared with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but i went to my friend's parents and i'm crying and i said please can i please go home will you please take me or would you call my mom and dad and apparently it was only like 11 or 12 like they could have very easily called my parents and they basically shamed me Aww. and said you're being a baby quit quit acting like this suck it up and go back to bed and no we're not taking you home. like it was very harsh and i don't know that that was their intent but as a little girl that's what i heard yeah. mm-hmm. and i like curled up in a ball and balled myself to mm-hmm. sleep, um, in the hallway. Oh, and I knew yeah. they heard me. And instead of coming out and like tending to my heart and saying, you know, sweet girl, what's going on? What, Where's your heart? Like they didn't know how to do that. Wow. And I can't blame them for not knowing how to do that. They had their own heart wounds that they were dealing with. right? But I think that kind of put my anxiety even higher. And when I would go home and I would try to fall asleep, I would start feeling that anxiety again. And I would keep it to myself. I didn't go tell my parents. I didn't go tell my sister. I dealt with it as best as I could as a little girl. And, and I would go through stages where I'd sleep pretty well. And then stages where I just wouldn't sleep. And then when I got to college is when it really got bad to where I was only getting maybe two, three hours a night. Um, and that's not because I was out partying and hanging out with friends. That was genuinely me laying in bed, not being able to sleep because of And I didn't even understand anxiety at the time. And I eventually got really sick in college. I had mono, um, strep throat, UTI, and the stomach flu all at once. Ended up in the hospital. (laughs) And our, my parents, they had this wonderful uh, primary care physician assistant. Loved him. He was so sweet. He called me because he didn't live in Lubbock. Um, He called me and said, I want to talk what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life? Like he was intentional. Oh my gosh. I'm like, that is a good physician.
0: And not all physicians <laughs> do that. Um, well, you just named it with the PA. My husband's a PA and we feel the same. And I was touched oh, by yeah. a PA before. And it's different. There's like, a, I know that the others may not have time, but like you're saying, like it could be life-changing it was, it was life-changing for me.
1: And he just spent time with me, you know, how's school going? How are your grades? You know, I know that you, you have these perfectionistic tendencies, you know, that was the shadow side of the one for me. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. What's going and, and then he finally said, how are you sleeping? And I laughed and I, you know, kind of jokingly said, well, I don't sleep. And I was joking, but not. Yeah, and he goes, cool. no, I want to ask you about that. Can you expand on that for me? I said, Oh, I've never really been a good sleeper. You know, ever since I was a little kid, I would just stay up till the middle of the night. I'd read, you know, try to distract my mind. And, and, you know, I do that here. And he goes, no, 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 that's not good. That's why you're so sick. It affects your immune system. Mm -hmm. It affects your emotions. It affects your hormones. Everything is affected. So I'm going to get you some sleep. You're going to take some ambient. It wasn't really like, do you want it? It was, you're going to take. Yeah, and so I got that script filled that day, and I went home, took it, fell asleep, got eight solid hours of sleep, and I woke up and I bawled because I I did not know what I was missing.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: it was life changing. My immune system got better. Now, granted, I think I was on Ambien a lot longer than I should have been, but it did get me through nursing school. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Um, which I love how you can say there may be time periods when people need a medication. Plus that three wing is that's something we notice with a lot of our threes is sleep is really challenging for a lot of threes. And so that was intense time when you were leaning on that three. Yes, absolutely. And that, and my shadow
1: side, you know, that one, that perfectionistic, I, I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. So it's, it was a lot. And I, and I downplayed it thinking, well, if I upplay it, or if I talk about it, then I'm being too much. I'm being too emotional. I'm being too something. Yeah. So that's why I'm so passionate. And now I'm off and I do more natural things, mm-hmm. um, work with a DO who helps me oh, that's tremendously. Great. Um, and so that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I notice my, my coworkers, my physician friends, my surgeon friends, my nurse friends, we are not sleeping. Mm. And I think as a whole, America's not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. much unrest there. Yeah, um, so right. That's why I'm mm.
0: hearing that and seeing that in my own husband's life. And that's, you know, so hard for you guys. And mm. I really love mm-hmm. that you're caring for our audience in that way. I know that you um, are, and you're also saying like, it's, it's a struggle, but I also have some tools. You're not saying I'm perfect. Exactly.
1: No, I still definitely have nights where I don't go to sleep and I, I will call in, I will call into work and say, I'm sorry. I'm mark me as sick, whatever you need to do. I had one hour and I cannot take care of patients with one hour of sleep. Yeah. And I feel like there's a little bit of criticism there. Like, well, but you're not sick, you know, oh. I'm like, but I'm not mentally prepared to yeah. take care of a critically ill patient. And I do not
0: want to make a mistake. Yeah. So if that means that I get in trouble for calling in. And that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just makes you even more fierce to protect the sleep that you do get and to figure out methods and and rhythms for it. And so thank you for just sharing with us, like why you're passionate, that it's personal to you and that you are committed to giving good care so that people don't get uh, somebody who's not able to focus. Oh my gosh. Thank you.
1: Yes. <laughs> I oh. tell people, you, you didn't sleep. Why are you here? Like it, mm-hmm no, you, you need to take care of you. And that's why I focus a lot mm-hmm. in my own podcast and nurse champion nurses. Mm-hmm. I talk about self-care. I talk about uh, sleep. I talk about um, spiritual care, financial care, everything that encompasses you as a person oh, so that you can be a more well-rounded physician, surgeon, nurse, physical therapist, occupational therapist, whatever your specialty is.
0: Oh my gosh. How wonderful. Well, our healthcare professionals are just extra geeked out. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with us about one or two things for each and every enneagram type with sleep now too. Uh, yes. Shall we start with one? Absolutely. My sister's a one, so I'm very familiar. I love the ones; they're so special to my
1: heart because she helps me get from my emotional spiraling state back to that, you know, logical state <laughs> back to. Okay, yeah. well, what is reality? <laughs> yeah, yes, that's so, so true. I love love ones. So much. Um, I would definitely say, I noticed with my sister, just that horribly harsh inner critic that just really gets to them. And I would say, you know, writing things down about yourself that are good, that are wonderful, things that people have said about you, like you are good, you are kind, you're beautiful, you are whatever, whatever it is. Writing those down and really looking at those can help kind of calm that inner critic, mm-hmm. and then. To help their brain kind of relax, um, I think is difficult writing down your next day, uh, like writing down your schedule the next day. That way, your brain can say, okay, I've thought about it, I've prepared for it, now I can sleep. Mm. I think that's important for them.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to say it because a lot of ones being that verbal processor saying things, writing it out, speaking back to the inner critic, these are great ways they can allow their mind, which like you said, can be so hard on them to rest.
1: Oh, absolutely. Cause then they just get wrapped up and beating themselves up. And, you know, if you can write things out, that are good. I think it just makes the inner critic kind of whisper instead of yell. Yes. So.
0: I like that. And I like how you're getting them away from harsh thoughts at night. That's really mm-hmm. important too. And some personality types can do really intense things before bed. And you're just saying to the one, like, just find some ways to chill.
1: Yes, exactly. Lean into that seven. Mm-hmm. Um, for, the, for the twos, I would say, um, you know, they love to help people. And I, I think that a lot of people will come to them with problems and and things that they can help them fix. And I think that the two made. It may be challenging for them to set a boundary, but I think that is key for them to say after 7 p.m. or after 6 p.m., whatever, you know, time limit they set for themselves, no more. I do not help others. I do not, you know, no calling, no texting about problems. I'm gonna focus on me, my family, you know, whatever their situation in life looks like, and really saying no. Um, Setting that boundary, and I know for the twos that's got to be so hard. I cannot imagine how hard that is, but I think that is key because if if you are constantly focused on someone else, then you are not going to set a good self care routine, and then your brain is going to be on overdrive when you're trying to get sleep.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. That if you can set the boundary, and I like how you're even saying to the two, it's even okay for them to set it a little earlier in the evening versus a ten or eleven p.m. boundary.
1: Exactly. Because I mean, our bodies and everybody's body is different. At least for me, I have to set that boundary by like 6 PM, six or seven. I, I will kick people out of my house. Like, I love you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need to wind down. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, am not a two, uh, that's my stress number, number, obviously, but so I don't know how hard that is for them. So I can empathize with that being a challenge, but as you do something more and more, it becomes more habit. That helps them rest.
0: Yeah, that's that's so helpful. So listen to that twos. Okay, what about our threes?
1: Our threes? Oh, I love threes too. I definitely work with a lot of threes. A lot of physicians and surgeons are threes. Mm-hmm. Um, threes, sixes, and eights. Definitely physicians and surgeons. Um, I would say they are so in overdrive that setting a boundary for no more work after XPM mm-hmm. is very hard for them. I'm certain, but very important. Now I understand if you are a physician or a PA, um, you know, you're going to have nights where you're on call and you have to take that call. So that's different. But on the days where you're not on call and the days where you can rest a little bit more to set that boundary and say, after this, after six, seven, whatever PM, I am not going to do work anymore. I'm not going to go run. I'm not going to go be quote productive. I'm going to rest. And I think taking a Sabbath, whether you know, no matter what they, what their religion is, what they believe taking that day of rest, like we were created for that. And Mm -hmm. that is probably the most challenging idea for a three, Mm -hmm. you know, to take an entire day. Um, so I would say they could still be productive in that they could go for a walk. They could maybe just tone down the productivity, you know, if if at all possible and then really rest. Um, and that will help them get into a different headspace. I think
0: Mm, I love it guys. And as you're thinking that through with us, just think about what are the most taxing and mentally draining forms of work and what could be subbed out because that is beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. What about our fours? This is your type. So, you know, this one really well.
1: I do. Um, For me, it's, this is going to sound so cheesy. It's such a four response, setting the mood before bed. (laughs) Um, I have these light bulbs, they're hue color uh, lights, and I can, they're, you can make them any color under the sun. Mm. I love it. And I will come home from work. I will put them on really soothing, like blues and greens. Um, if anybody out there is a performer, they understand the the concept of a green room Mm. and they're actually, typically the rooms are actually green because green is calming physicians and surgeons wear baby blue, Robin's egg, blue, and Um, like a mint green because it's calming. Mm. So I changed my atmosphere entirely, like no more yellow light, no more white light, everything's color and a dim color. And that helps my mind. Um, It also helps like blood pressure, heart rate, and that helps me a ton to get in a better headspace. Um, And then I would say it's so hard to have all those emotions before bed, So if there's a way that you can kind of get that out via journaling, or I don't think numbing out is always bad. Um, I I will turn on my TV. I will watch something funny that I really enjoy and kind of numb out. Um, I don't think that we should do that all the time, but I think it's okay in certain circumstances. And for the four who's very emotional, numbing out's okay, but definitely no more TV an hour before bed, really, if you're able to, to stop, because there's a lot of blue light that comes in from that. And that will spike your serotonin levels. So if you can decrease screen time about an hour before bed, that would be really helpful. Hmm.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> you're even helping me to understand why the four in our home after uh, after television shows are turned off needs more time to wind down. Yes, um, that's so helpful for fours to hear, and I think they need their time. And you really just displaying and giving them permission today to take it is. So key, although a lot of them thankfully do. All right. So yep. fives. My best friend of 18 years is a five, and I and my dad's a five.
1: You know, fives know that community is important. Um, but I do think that sometimes it gets lost in all of the wealth of information in their wonderful brains. Mm-hmm. Um, engaging in community, um, you know, whether that is just getting more involved with your family or getting involved um, with church group or whatever it is throughout the week Mm -hmm. may actually give them that little hit of dopamine and, and, and give them that peaceful feeling. Um, you know, and that sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like why would you go hang out with people and go to bed? So I'm not saying that you should do that. Like, you know, obviously you should have a wind down routine as well, but engaging with others and then also setting boundaries, like with your family and your friends you know, it is okay to verbalize and say, I'm done for the day. I need to be alone. I need to be, um, whatever the situation is. And I know that fives and nines especially have a hard time verbalizing their needs, but those are the two things they said was getting involved in community and then verbalizing my
0: needs. Yeah. I like those. Those are really good suggestions for fives. And we've talked on this podcast at length about fives and um, even just knowing that they also sometimes just have to choose to stay off certain social media platforms and um, to do some context switching. So you're giving us additional really good reminders that a community will drain them in a healthy way. So they're not as apt to be perplexed in their mind about these complex ideas right before bed, keeping them awake all night.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and finding those, those key friends that you can have those really in-depth conversations with, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's helpful, you know, for five, you know, they don't necessarily need to be in a big crowd, but finding those key relationships where they can talk in depth about their passions with that person. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh. There's so many ideas flowing and you did a beautiful job with fives. All right, let's move on with sixes.
1: Sixes. Um, my brother-in-law's is sick, we know what can you do to calm down the fear? You know, sixes can fear, fear itself. And they're like, they go to the worst case scenario. You know, I, I work with some surgeons that are sixes and I see that, that, that six brain just going, 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 every worst case scenario. Um, in fact, I used to think that sixes wouldn't be good in the healthcare profession because, well, they're gonna freak out over everything, but come to find out as I work with them, They are the most calm in the most intense situations because they prepared for it. And I love that. So I think for the six, it's just finding whatever way works for you to, to calm that fear down, whether it's writing down the best case scenarios and saying, you know, kind of switching your brain into that positive frame of mind Um, and then weighted blankets, anything to kind of calm that nervous system. Um, And for them definitely no social media and no like, Intense TV shows before bed. I think that sends their brains into overdrive. I say I think it does. It's what I've seen with family members who are sixes.
0: Oh, how interesting. And you just have been blessing us to hear so much about the healthcare world and just bringing our sixes back up. I feel like sixes often put themselves down. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you're like, no, they have value in the world. And I see that too. The brilliance. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Thank you. And,
1: And I love that you know, the sixes kind of remind me of corgis. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. they're kind of energy and they've got all this pent up energy and they just, you know, so I I would also say like making a workout routine for the six would be a good idea. Definitely not right before bed, but like morning, afternoon, letting that energy just flow, (laughs) get that out there. I think that'd be helpful too.
0: Yes. I am chuckling because my little boy is a six ish, seven ish, and it is So heavy that he has so much six that, wow, did we ever see his personality shift when he started his Mm -hmm. daily workouts? And now, even though I do really, I thought intense workouts when I do his, like say on my off day and he's like, would you like to join me in my workout? And though he's only almost 11 years old, he is literally, his birthday is today um, for 11 years old. So happy birthday, Jack, Um, but he he does like a three minute long plank. Like, it's like this ridiculous wow. I know. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: it goes right into push-ups after this. And it's like, like you're saying, like, there's this perfection and intensity of a six because of this mental, uh, processing. So I'm just hearing and echoing what she's saying about like sixes can do a lot, but they need physical outlets. <laughs> so yeah. They- to do your little boy sounds like he'd be great at
1: doing CPR? Because if you can do a plank for three minutes and you can do push-ups right after that, yeah. CPR is so much of your core oh. and your glutes and like all all the muscles that you work when you're doing a plank.
0: Um, I mean, I have to work at the plank. Yeah, me <laughs>
1: too. <laughs> Great right at
0: CPR. <laughs> That's very cool to hear just, oh my gosh, like to see these sixes, to be empowered in, uh, in their fears and to step out in courage. Thank you for even encouraging him today on his birthday. Um, so, okay, well let's talk about sevens briefly.
1: Sevens. Well,
0: you're, you're seven. So I feel like you could probably help me, um,
1: expand on this, but I think sevens as hard as it might be could learn to say no, because you have maybe a little bit of the FOMO, Um, just that I want to be engaged in everything and be involved with everyone and learning how to say no and taking good care of yourself and have establishing a good self-care routine, Mm -hmm. um, would be great for the sevens because you do focus on others a lot and you just, you want to be involved with everything all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah we do. And we kind of tend to make things positive. So even if we're like staying up late working or something, I'm like, oh, I can check mm-hmm. my Instagram late at night and no, nobody. Right. I love this. There's this constant. I love it. It's good. So I right. really. Go with the sevens listening like if you're like me and you do that then you have to come back in the day and get naps you have to because like you're saying like you can't cheat sleep like it will find you or something else will find you and so I did learn that in my early 30s and my podcast listeners know that like I did really come to the end of myself because I remember thinking specifically I could do it all and I remember saying this is just this fascinating human experiment experiment because I have a strong desire and will so I'll just keep going. And of course, that didn't end well. <laughs> no, no, you burn out. You burn out so easily. And I find that a lot of
1: sevens in the healthcare um pick up a lot of extra shifts because they don't want to miss out what's going on in the unit. They want to be there. They want to be present. Mm. And then all of a the sudden they get this burnout and they start getting a little bit resentful and a little jaded. And because they didn't listen to their body. They did not. Take that time to say, I want to be there today, but I'm choosing actively choosing not to be there today. I'm going to take this time. I'm going to rest,
0: Mm, man. Is that hard, but so good. And as you said, I mean, we hinted at this earlier, when you come from that aggressive space back to the, you know, to the withdrawing space, and you know how to have the rhythms of all of them, you can open up your heart as a seven, and now you can find ways to rest. But have to be creative, and like you said, sort of have to be humble and uh, okay with uh, finding spaces to miss out because I think you can hit, like you said, a resentment or B uh increase neuroticism and come into this panic state, which is sort of what happened to me under the surface. So I'm grateful. Um, Um, That I learned that, but also, like we said earlier, we continue to learn it uh, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, we need family and even those listening. We are accountable to each other right now, all of us doing this work. Um, Okay. Tell us about eights. Eights. Definitely get out the aggression.
1: Um, You have so, as an eight, you have so much passion. And I appreciate that. As a four, I'm passionate. Our passions look totally different, but I appreciate how passionate the eight is. Um, But there is a lot of anger there. There is a lot of, um, anger towards just life being unjust, like all the injustice. Mm -hmm, So finding ways to get out that aggression, um, rock climbing, kickboxing, you know, really intense sports, something like that, find something that you enjoy and stick with that make that a priority in your daytime routine. So that your nighttime routine, you have already released some of that energy Mm -hmm. and you can Engage your parasympathetic nervous system and relax more would be that's the number one thing I can think of for the eights.
0: I really appreciate that. and i I've never heard the daytime versus nighttime tip for the eights. but I'll tell you what their families really appreciate that too when they come back to them, and I see this with my coaching a lot, that if they can come back and be a bit more at ease and rested, um but not have all this pent-up energy, a, because they never worked out or b like you said, over the top because they worked out too late. Um, yes. Boy, that's just a great tip. Thank you. And and then they get to wind down and they're not up all night. Um, so, all right. Love that. What about our type nines? Type nines. You know what, I think any, any numbers can struggle with sleep,
1: but I think the nines probably have a little bit easier time because I think they know how to rest pretty well. Like they love that cozy spot. They love the, you know, put on, my pajamas and wrap up in a blanket, watch some TV. Yeah. It's like, they just kind of already naturally know how to wind down. So I love my nine friends because that's, they teach me to do that. Mm-hmm. They teach me it's okay to be still. It's okay to be silent. It's okay to rest. Um, so for them, I would just find a way for them to, um, you know, nines have that repressed anger, really get in tune with that, be it through journaling Um, through prayer, through worship, whatever that is, um, be active and present in that. Learn your heart so that that anger doesn't sneak up during the night Mm -hmm. and surprise you or that resentment, you know, especially if they're a wing one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very important. And then since they do have a sloth like tendency sometimes, um, making sure that they do stay active during the day, um, really moving their body, whether it's just walking, Um, And I say just walking, walking is wonderful, doing something um, maybe even creative like Mm. like writing uh, or uh, music or theater, whatever their passion is, making sure that they stay active and engaged with their body so they don't disconnect from their body and completely numb out because there's, there's a difference between rest and the numbing out.
0: Oh, that's a good point. You're right because our nines show us how to be restful when they're Mm -hmm. healthy, not how to numb out when they're healthy. Exactly. Oh man, and thank you for sharing that. They can also pay attention to some of the one tips if they have that. Or we know nines when they're not getting the body work in, they can head into the six anxious space. So you've covered us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for for having me and talking about sleep and all my passions. Oh my gosh, Gentry. This has been just a wealth of info. I love it. And I, I love that our audience has gotten a taste of this four as well. This one-to-one sexual four tell our audience how they can get in touch with you in the future. Absolutely. So you
1: can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at the Enneagram nurse Mm -hmm. and, um, you can find me on Facebook too. I'm way more active on, on Instagram though. Um, and then if you're interested in listening to my podcast, if you're a healthcare professional or the family of a healthcare professional, um, you can find me on Apple or Spotify, um, under a nurse to champion nurses.
0: Thank you. And I didn't even know about your podcast. And so this is fun for us to hear that I found you through Instagram. Her account is fantastic. So, and I'm not a nurse and I wasn't using it for Wes. <laughs> so I just have to vouch for it anyway. So thank you, Gentry. We love you. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. Ah, Okay. Bye-bye. I'm so glad we got to spend that time together. That was such a joy, and I'm really grateful that we even have Rhythms for Restfulness together. She is a gift. I hope you will look at Jed Tree's Instagram in the show notes. I hope you will make sure to check out her podcast if you're in the medical profession or if you love somebody who is. What a gift to be able to talk with her today and with you guys Keep up the great work over there, learning about other types. Or if you're a four, taking some of Gentry's tips for you and getting into action, you are doing something really extraordinary by doing all of this work on yourself for your family, for your marriage, for your singlehood, wherever you're at. I'm so grateful that you're on this journey with me. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you.